there, my name is Natalie Nation and you're listening to Feed That Nation. I'm a graduate student, I'm a future registered dietitian, I'm a health educator, a content creator, and a self-proclaimed mac and cheese expert. I create content here on Feed That Nation all about college life, college health, and college wellness. My goal is to connect you, college students, with resources to help you to be more confident, more successful, and more healthy in your college journey. Before we begin this episode, please go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation. Go check out my blog, feedthatnation.com. Go follow me on Pinterest. All links are below. If you're listening to me on a podcast platform, please go ahead and subscribe to me over there and leave me a five-star rating and review if you are able. Of course, if you're watching me on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel and leave me a thumbs up on this video. It helps me out so much. I upload new podcast episodes right here to YouTube and to your favorite podcast listening platforms every Wednesday, and I upload vlogs every Saturday. It is a beautiful, partly sunny day, so we're going to see a lot of fun lighting changes, I'm sure, in my little studio. I, if you follow me on Instagram, you know the last couple of days, or really the last whole week or so, have been a little rough. I came down with what I would call the mother of all flu bugs. I did test negative for COVID, but that did not mean that I was not sick as a dog. What started as a little bit of a temperature, body aches, chills, sore throat, became throwing up and dry heaving and all of that gross stuff to the point where I had to go to the ER to get fluids and IV antiemetics. So that was not an enjoyable way to spend 3 a.m. on a Friday morning. And now that I'm out of that, thankfully, I'm sort of in this weird, like, have a bad cold, so I'm kind of like coughing, I'm kind of congested, I'm like still sick, but at least I don't feel like I'm dying. So I'm not quite sure where I'm at right now, honestly, but I really wanted to create this episode. It's been on my docket and I've got the house to myself this afternoon, so I figured let's go for it. Before I get into the episode, however, I am going to give you, as per usual, my food, my follow, and my fun for the week. And these are just things that I myself have been enjoying and I really want to recommend to you. These are foods that I've been loving, people I've been enjoying following, and activities that I've just been having a blast doing. So my food for the week is sort of related to my food of the week a couple of weeks ago when I recommended for you guys to try homemade ramen. Being sick, I've been on kind of a ramen kick lately, making my own bowls of homemade ramen as a really nice just comfort food, really nice bland food for when I'm not feeling great. And one of the ingredients that I have been absolutely loving adding to my ramen is toasted sesame oil. And if you've never had toasted sesame oil, it is just about everything you love about roasted nuts or the crispy brown underside of like a chicken that's been frying or all of the really lovely, just savory, toasty flavors wrapped up into a nice oil that you just kind of dribble and drop over the top of your ramen. I get my toasted sesame oil from a specialty olive oil store in Stillwater, Minnesota. I will link them below um, if you want to go check them out, give them a little love. And to be quite honest, I have just been adoring my toasted sesame oil. I not only love it on ramen, but I also really like to make salad dressing with it. I'll do it with a little bit of balsamic or a little bit of other kind of vinegar. 
It's just a really nice little bit condiment. It adds that nice like savory umami flavor to foods, which I as a vegetarian sometimes find that I'm missing by not eating meat. So if you are interested in trying a new ingredient, definitely go give toasted sesame oil a try. My follow for the week is a sports dietitian. Her name is Jessica Isaacs, and she is Jessica the Sports RD on Instagram. I will link her below, of course. And she is just kind of like, I would call her like the guru of sports nutrition. I have been loving her content. It is so evidence-based, it is so fun, it is so informative, and she has a ton of resources for other nutrition educators. She's got lots of resources for athletes, all the way from beginner athletes to elite athletes, and she's just buckets and buckets full of fun to follow. So I would definitely recommend go following Jessica the Sports RD if you're interested in sports nutrition and wanting somebody to follow on Instagram. She also has these hilarious videos with the how-to dude, which is just her in various Hawaiian shirts with a mustache, demonstrating in a goofy, comical way how to prepare simple fruits and vegetables. And I just, these videos just make me giggle so much. So she's been really uplifting me lately. Go check her out. My fun for the week is something that could not have been better timed with my illness, and that is that Pride and Prejudice came on Netflix recently, and I have seriously watched it like three times already. I am obsessed. I love Pride and Prejudice so much. Obviously, I love the original, the Colin Firth one, but just the one that's on Netflix with Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden, it's so, so good. Just go ahead, watch it, watch it again, watch it a third time, whatever you gotta do, check out Pride and Prejudice. So earlier this summer, I made a video talking about why your GPA doesn't matter and why grades don't really matter. And in this video, I do reference a couple of different points, my own grades, but I actually wanted to make this podcast episode and kind of like bare my soul and kind of show you guys what were my worst grades in undergrad and talking about not only what were my worst grades, what were my best grades and kind of diving into, did I ever fail a class? How did my GPA impact my ability to get into grad school? Talking about the difference between a cumulative GPA versus your major specific GPA and sort of diving into that. And I feel like this episode is as much for you to kind of learn from me as it is for me to kind of challenge myself. Because even though I talk a ton of about grades and how they don't matter and I talk about how your experience is the important part and getting an A versus an A minus versus a B plus is never going to be a deal breaker. I really struggled growing up with feeling inferior to other people because of the grades I earned and a lot of that had to do with my learning disability and my struggles with being able to hand schoolwork in on time, remember to do it, not lose it and get credit for the work I was able to do. And so my grades all throughout middle school and high school were actually significantly lower than a lot of my peers. I also attended a very, very competitive private high school, which did wonders for my self-esteem, as I'm sure you can guess. But throughout all of that, I became so insecure about my grades and feeling like every single other person had higher grades than me and my grades just absolutely didn't matter. And through college, I've really come to realize that my grades are my business and the work I do is work that I should be proud of regardless of the letter grade it receives. If I work hard on it, if I'm invested in it, if I'm passionate about what I'm doing, the letter grade is not the important part. And so this video is kind of just to 
challenge myself to say out loud, yeah, I didn't do very well in this class from a grade perspective, but here's what I learned and here's what I know now about myself from taking this class. I guess I also have to say that regardless of how insecure I am about my grades or how insecure I was about my grades, I was never in danger of truly like failing or flunking out of college. And so I know I have a different perspective on this than people who have struggled with their grades to that point. So I wanted to be very clear about that as well. And I have my computer pulled up. I pulled up my transcript from my undergrad and I have all my grades on the computer over here to the side and I'm just, we're gonna take a look at it and see what were my worst grades in undergrad. Now, before I even dive into this, I'm sure you guys could probably guess what my least favorite class was, what my class I struggled the most in was. I've mentioned it on this podcast before. I've talked about it in detail. You guys know, you know, you know how much I despise organic chemistry. You, you just, you gotta know, you gotta know at this point. If I haven't said it enough times, here it is again. Organic chemistry was by far the class I struggled the most with in college. It was by far my least favorite class. I feel like I didn't learn very much. I always felt like I was struggling. I always felt like I was just about to fail the class. And the final grade I got in the class, truly I'm like astonished I did so well, to be completely honest. But this is my worst letter grade in college is organic chemistry and I got a C plus. Now if you remember from some of the stories I've told about my college career you know that the semester I took organic chemistry was by far my worst semester from a mental health perspective. It was one of my busiest semesters from just a scheduling perspective and an activities perspective and Truthfully, thinking back on it, if I'd really dug in and taken the time to care for my mental health, to rebalance my schedule, I probably could have done better in organic chemistry. Maybe I would have scraped a B minus or even a B, but I just was not in a place to be able to do that. And I acknowledge that and I'm okay with that. I don't want to major in chemistry, nor do I want to become a chemist. So it really wasn't all that important to me to do super, super well in organic chemistry, and I don't have any regrets, truly. What I do know about organic chemistry and my understanding of myself and my ability to do hard sciences like this is that because I know it's not my strong suit, whenever I approach things like this in the future, I have to approach it from that perspective. So whether I'm reading a journal article that talks about nutrition on a molecular level, or if I'm in another class that's talking about more chemistry-related topics, because I know that I don't have as deep of a background in organic chemistry as someone who would have done better in the class and someone who has a more sciencey brain, I have to really, really, really read and figure out all the details and take the extra time to be sure that I understand what I'm reading and what I'm talking about. Is this fun? Not really. It's not really all that fun, to be completely honest. Because remember, I'm just not, I'm not science brained like that. That is not how my brain works. Now, my second worst grade in college is, it comes also in my sophomore year of college, the same year I took organic chemistry, it's just in the spring. So the semester after I took organic chemistry, I took a class called nutritional biochemistry. And this class had a lot of elements of organic chemistry that it was based off of. It was very science heavy. It was very sciencey on a molecular level. It was very much memorization based and hard science. You guys know, of course, that that is not my strong suit by any means. And I think 
I really actually enjoyed this class. It was a challenge to learn and it was kind of fun. I was, this was one of the first classes I took where I was with pretty much all nutrition and dietetics majors. So it was kind of fun to be with my cohort and take the class together with them. But again, like I keep saying, this content was just not something that came very easily to me. However, I do acknowledge also that as hard as it was for me to understand the content, there were several other factors that influenced my grade in this class and probably caused it to be lower than it might have been otherwise. And the biggest factor is that I just missed a lot of class periods. And the biggest factor is that I just missed a lot of class periods, a lot of lecture time in this class to attend other functions. So I remember specifically a couple of conferences. There were a couple of times when I was out of town, a couple of times I think when I was sick. And then also this class was just at 8.15 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it just wasn't a very fun class to wake up for. And I know there were at least one or two times when I just slept through the class and did not attend. And that all made it really hard to catch up when I missed a lecture because I don't do very well teaching myself this kind of content. And then occasionally I would miss the class period when she would go over what was actually going to be on the test. And I remember in this class very specifically, I was supposed to be learning the amino acids. For this particular exam, I had to have the basic structure and the names of all the amino acids memorized, and I had to be able to draw some of them out or label diagrams of some of them with the proper name. And I just, I didn't study that. I didn't know that I had to know it in that kind of detail. And so when I took the test and I saw that this content was on there, I just could not do it because I hadn't studied it because I hadn't been in the class where that had been made clear. And is that my own fault? Yes, it is. It is definitely my own fault. And I, I accept that and I accept that I probably would have done better in the class had I known that and been able to do that on one of the major exams. But also from a perspective of a future dietitian who's been in classes for like five years now relating to nutrition, that is the only time in my five years of school that I have ever been required to memorize the amino acids. And I've actually had multiple professors say in the years prior to and since then that there's virtually no reason for a regular dietitian to have the amino acids memorized by structure, by sight, and by name, because assuming that I don't go into like molecular research, if I need to know the name of a specific amino acid or I need to know the structure of a specific amino acid, I can look it up. Those resources are always going to be right there in books or on the internet, on my phone, right at my fingertips. There is almost no reason why I would have to have 20 amino acids memorized off the top of my head in a regular dietetics practice. And so that being said, I am okay with the fact that I got a B minus in this class because overall it has not impacted my ability to be a functioning dietetic intern. It didn't affect my ability to graduate. It didn't affect my ability to be a decently smart human being. And so I'm okay with it. I do truthfully have a confession to make about a class that I did very poorly in in college to the point where I actually retook it to get a better grade. And this is owing almost entirely to my ADD and my just my struggles with online course content. And these are things that I know better about myself now. And these are struggles that I have better systems in place to work around. 
But at the time, I took an online developmental psychology, like a lifespan psychology class at a community college because I didn't really want to take the full semester version at my undergraduate university. I wasn't really that interested in it, and I didn't really want to have to pay for it, you know? And so I signed up. It was an online summer course, and it was an accelerated course, so it was a five-week-long accelerated lifespan psychology course. So that was multiple lectures per week, several assignments, discussion boards, things like that. And because it was only five weeks long, there were a limited number of assignments with very specific deadlines. And if you guys know me and you know my ADD journey with all of that, you know that I didn't used to have accommodations in place to get deadline forgiveness when I need it, and I do now, but back then I didn't. And so when this class happened, I was not on top of my schedule. I did not have everything written into my calendar. I really just didn't care about the class very much and I thought I could slide by. And so I took the online course and I actually ended up missing so many deadlines and assignments in the class that I got a D minus in developmental psychology. And I was horrendously embarrassed by this. It was humiliating for me. I didn't tell anybody about it for like months and months and months. Very few people actually know that about me in my real life, that I basically failed an online de developmental psych class. That's been really tough, I think, that one of the toughest things to kind of overcome my shame about. But I ended up taking the course again, and I ended up getting, I think, an A- minus or a B plus in it, so good enough to replace the old grade so that it didn't impact my GPA. And I think the grade was too low to transfer in as a transfer class anyway, so I would have had to take it again regardless. But I learned a lot about myself in that particular moment of taking that online class, not paying attention to it, not taking it seriously, not preparing myself well, and then getting a poor grade as a consequence. And it, it was kind of at that moment that I realized that I truly have to take responsibility for the things that I'm good at and for the things that I'm not as good at. And I had to take the responsibility of you know, signing up for the class again, filling out the paperwork again, and then overriding the previous class with the new class's grade when I finally had it done. And that was, I think, a huge, huge learning opportunity for me to be able to take responsibility for myself and my grades and my work. And I cannot believe I just said that out loud in a video that people I know are going to watch. So this is, I think, probably a huge huge challenge for me, um, but I'm kind of proud of myself for being able to say it out loud. The rest of my grades in college were always somewhere floating between a B and an A, so nothing I'm all that particularly ashamed of. There are certainly classes, like I've said, where I could have, should have, would have done better had I been able to take responsibility for caring for my mental health, for caring for my physical health, for being on top of my schedule and on top of my coursework and even taking responsibility for my learning disability and taking action to get the accommodations that I needed would have made an impact on my grades. But at the same time, I can't and I won't should myself. I won't say I should have done better because I did my best. I did the best I could at the time. And I'm proud of that. I am truly, sincerely proud of my undergraduate self for doing her best in her circumstances, just like I'm proud of graduate school me for doing my best in my current circumstances and and I want you guys to be proud of yourselves too to be proud of your current situation to be proud of your past situation to be proud of your past struggles and the past things that you overcame 
be proud of that. Take ownership of that because it's truly, truly amazing. Now that I'm in graduate school, I feel like there's a couple of things that my perspective has shifted on. And especially in quarantine, I have really, truly developed an appreciation for being able to take some classes pass-fail. Yes, you still have to do the work in a pass-fail class, but my classmates and I have found that given the option to take some of the more difficult classes pass-fail, especially the classes that are challenging to complete in an online format without the aid of an in-person lecture and in-person support, taking the classes pass-fail allows us to actually breathe and relax and enjoy the experience more than if we're worried about the particulars of a letter grade. So if you have options for pass-fail in quarantine, don't feel like it's a cop-out, don't feel like it's cheating, don't feel like it's not the same. If you have the option and you're feeling stressed and taking a class pass-fail would allow you to remove some of that stress, do it. No shame, absolutely no shame. I think graduate school has also given me the perspective that in the long run, my grades do not actually matter. In the same way that I hope every college student has the realization that your ACT score or your SAT score, once you get to college, does not matter. Now that I've gotten to graduate school, I've realized that my undergraduate grades and even my graduate school grades, they aren't really that important. Obviously, I have a little bit of a biased perspective because my grades are still, quote, good by societal standards and by academic standards. But no one cares about the grades I got in undergrad now that I'm in graduate school. And outside of maybe the first job that I will get once I graduate from graduate school, no one is going to care about my grad school grades either, especially because I have no intention of getting my PhD or going back to school again. Obviously, if I did have the intention of going back to school after my MPH, it would look a little bit different, but in the long run, my letter grades are not going to have a huge impact on my life. It's just, that's the truth for me. And I'm really glad that I'm able to have this perspective now because it's allowed me to relax and enjoy graduate school more. And it's, a, it's allowed me to actually lift a lot of like shame that I felt from the grades I earned in undergrad and even the grades that I earned in high school or middle school, which middle school grades do not matter. High school grades really don't matter. Like undergrad grades don't matter anymore. Like I just feel so much less shame now that I've been able to kind of adopt that perspective and I'm really happy about that. So if you're somebody who's been feeling really overwhelmed by your letter grades, I would really encourage you to take a deep breath and to just realize that 10 years down the road, it's going to be okay. You probably won't even remember the grade that you got in a particular class. And even if you have to take a class again or even take it two or three times until you get the socially acceptable, the academically acceptable letter grade, that's going to be okay too. It's going to be okay. In the interest of sharing this with you guys and in the interest of just being more transparent in general about me and my college experience, I also save this for the end of the video, of course, how to get that clickbait in there, but I'm sharing with you what was my undergraduate GPA? What did I graduate with? What were my grades? And now I have kind of two different answers for this. One is my cumulative GPA, my overall GPA. So what did I actually graduate with? And that was a 3.48. As for my dietetic specific or my major specific GPA, I truly loved, loved, loved my major classes and I did well in them. They were classes that were kind of geared towards the way my brain naturally works 
and I also wanted to work harder in them just because I loved them so much. So I ended up getting actually a significantly higher major specific GPA and that was 3.85. In my four semesters of undergrad, I actually only made the Dean's List twice, two different semesters. And I graduated as an honor student, an Antonian honor student with the honors program. But truth be told, the GPA requirement to graduate as an honor student is actually 3.5. And so I don't know if they just like made an allowance for me because I was so close, or if the honors program director just like really liked me, which he does. Hi, Dr. C. But that was also something I had to kind of overcome was realizing that like my grades weren't high enough to be in the honors program. So I guess I'm not a good enough honor student and maybe I'm just a terrible student and that kind of terrible downward cyclical thinking. But like I keep saying, like I'm proud of the grades that I earned in college. I'm proud of the work I did. I'm proud of my honors project. I mean, heck, Feed That Nation was my honors project and look where we've gone with it. Look what it's become to me, what it means to me now. And I got into the graduate school program that I wanted to get into and I'm still on track to doing the thing that I've been wanting to do since my freshman year, you know? Do the nuances of the letter grades really matter? Not to me. I feel like a lot better now that I've gotten all this off my chest. Maybe this podcast was more for me than for anybody else, but honestly, that's why I started podcasting in the first place is just a new way to express myself and connect with other people and hopefully uplift and educate some people as well. So if you liked this episode, please go ahead and leave me a comment below telling me your favorite part of the episode, your least favorite class you took in undergrad, your favorite part of college. Tell me something, tell me something about you. I really want to get to know you better. Remember to go ahead, if you're listening to me on a podcast platform, leave me a five-star rating and review if you are able. If you're watching me on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel, leave me a thumbs up. It helps me out so much. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. Go check out my blog, FeedThatNation.com, and go check me out on Pinterest. All links are below. I upload new podcast episodes right here to YouTube every Wednesday, and I upload new vlogs every Saturday. I hope my sick person voice hasn't been too grating on your ears. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. My name is Natalie Nation. You've been listening to Feed That Nation, and I will see you next time.